Attention audience. You guessed it. It's that time again. End of the week. Favorite day. We all love it. What time is it, Eric? It's Friday. Friday. Friday films. Da -da -da. Uh, every time. Every time. Hey, I get my numbers in random rambling, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> Welcome back again for another Friday films. Uh, still, Bond in Review going strong. Not going to end anytime soon. Just keeps getting better and better, though. Um, this week, we have The Man with the Golden Gun. Another Roger Moore movie, correct? Another Roger Moore. Um, All right. This is one that I uh, always remembered really enjoying when I was a kid. So it was neat going back and, and watching it for the first time in a very long time. This was a new one for me. I, um, I think I might have seen a few random scenes over the years but for the majority of the movie i don't remember much of it uh so that i'm gonna rate this as a, a new movie for me mm -hmm. uh, great movie i loved it and really enjoyed it i got a feeling uh, for you they're all going to be quote-unquote new movies until we get to like the pierce brosnans <laughs> they probably will uh, there will be scenes that i remember from yeah, the older movies yeah. but i didn't watch a lot of the older movies all the way through i would just catch them like here and there so i know there'll be things i remember from them but i don't recall watching any of the original movies mm -hmm. before Brosman all the way through. Uh, but I don't re really remember, I think, any of this other than maybe one or two, like, split scenes that I just might have yeah. catch, like, caught on TV while it was playing. Uh, but for the majority of this movie, I don't really remember it, which is odd because I always remember the movie title. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man and with I the always, Golden Gun is, yeah. is, is up there as far as one of the most iconic um, James Bond titles. You know, yeah, it's like Man with the Golden Gun from Russia with Love. You know, Goldfinger's up there. Doctor yeah, No, of course, Gold because Nine. it's the first one. You know, yeah. I mean, there's so many of them that are that are just the iconic titles, and this is definitely one of them. Well, with that, yes. I'll let you take off because I know you have the uh, the numbers yes. that I do not. The production information, if you will. Um, Man with the Golden Gun released December twentieth, nineteen seventy four. So we are we are in a mid seventies Bond movie at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Runtime of two hours and five minutes. Budget of the exact same, if I remember correctly, from the last film of seven million dollars. Um, directed yet again by Guy Hamilton. This is this will actually be Guy Hamilton's last Bond movie. So so far, I think we've only had two directors, or no, we've had three directors in Bond movies because the one from. Um, um, the George Lazenby one was that was the only one he did, um, starring yet again R Sir Roger Moore and Sir Christopher Lee. For those listening at home, Christopher Lee, you should know from everything: Saruman and Lord of the Rings. I mean, this Christopher Lee's done everything. Dracula. I mean, he's been in. It's hard to think of a movie the man's not been in. He's a, he was even in The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher uh, Lee, an icon who, who, who died relatively recently, unfortunately. Um, also, if you remember from the uh, Dr. No, and I'll get to this in trivia time, is also the cousin of Ian Fleming. I did not. Yes, he is the cousin of the creator of James Bond. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I did not know that. All right, well, with that, we are starting The Man with the Golden Gun. And we pretty much kick it off with the uh, traditional gun opening. Um, the only thing that I thought might be, might have been different, or maybe I imagined it, was Roger Moore was in color this time. Was he in color in the last movie? 
I think so because I think I remember referencing the fact that I saw color. Okay. And I, I thought it was new. Yeah. I know they weren't in color before then, but I couldn't remember if Roger Moore was in color in the last one or not. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I do know that the uh, the the bullet hole didn't really jump around as much. It was very quick. Yeah. And that, I mean, that might just be me, but it just seemed to be like, boom, to the corner and back. Yep. Um, I will uh, say this was a um, relatively long, like from the gun barrel sequence to the... The intro, the intro, the actual intro. This yeah. was a very long intro. I mean, it was probably it, what, it was. six, six, seven minutes, something like that. Probably because I remember I, I paused it a couple times to start jotting down some notes, and then when the intro finally started, yeah. I remember my other half was in like the next room. She's like, "Are you just now starting that?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, kinda." Yeah, <laughs> I was it like, was I've a, only been watching it for a while now. It was a good one though, man. It was got to be one of the best pre-prologues yes. that we've seen so far before the intro sequences. Yeah, when we get to that intro sequence, I, um, there was a couple things that I thought was pretty neat as far as the editing mm-hmm. side of things that I jotted down oh, I'll yeah. get into. Um, but we, like I said, that gun barrel kind of just pops open and we start on the beach. Start right on the beach where Knickknack, as we'll come to know him, who in my notes I referred to as Tattoo from Fantasy Island because it's the <laughs> same actor who played Tattoo. I just, I just Luke Boss and Z-Plane, Z-Plane. You know, it's the exact same actor. So if I refer to him as Tattoo in my notes, bear with me. I know his name's Knickknack, but he's always going to be Tattoo in my heart. Well, it's because you don't really actually hear his name, and I think clearly until the end. Until of the, the movie. very end, yeah. 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 So, like, I just kept referring to him as the waiter from the beginning of the movie because he was like, you first see him carrying drinks down to the, the beach. Uh, so we cut to the beach where Tattoo is delivering champagne, and there is a gentleman that comes out of the water who. It reveals has three nipples. He is henceforth referred to as the three-nippled man. Yeah. Tattoo proceeds to leave and greet a man in black that showed up on the island. Tattoo pays this man and asks him to wait. He'll, you know, Mr. Scaramanga will be will be with you in a moment. Um, oddly enough, Tattoo asks, or Knickknack asks this gentleman to wait while he's delivering Scaramanga Tabasco on a, on a plate. Thought that was funny. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, you know? too. I don't, I don't know why, but... Is what it is. Kick out of it. Um, Scaramanga and the man in black proceed to face off. The man in black is obviously there, was paid to come there and kill Mr. Scaramanga. Um, all the while, Tattoo is watching from his his booth up above this very funhousey environment that they've, they've designed. Mm-hmm. They you know, created. there's a lot of... You know, cowboys popping up and, and sounds and lights and mirrors and, and all sorts of fun. Think of a think of a fun house at a carnival. And that's that's basically what this scene is. Um, all these different fun house pranks are happening. Meanwhile, Mr. Scaramanga is hunting for his golden gun. Mm-hmm. He goes to the cabinet. The cabinet's locked. Nick Knack says that would be too easy for you. So he has to go and hunts and finds it. He comes across his golden gun in the uh, beak of a raven statue in the middle of the area. But the man in black is there waiting for him and takes a couple pot shots at, at, at Scaramanga. Tattoo is sitting there going, what are you going to do? How are you going to get to it? Scaramanga slams a button next to him, create, causing the stairs to become a slide, slides down the slide, rolls, picks up his gun, fires a single shot, killing the man in black. Mm-hmm. I'm not- I liked some of the kind of the little effects they did in, in these scenes. Um, the, just the way the things popped up, kind of like you said, make it feel like that uh, fun house or even like a haunted house type deal, but not as spooky, just enough to make you jump. 
but I also thought was kind of neat the first time Salonga goes to get his golden gun when he first sees it he goes to reach for it and it was like a, a decoy it was like a glass was, or something it was, blocking mirror, his it was path. a reflection yeah it, that's what it was yeah so like those kind of things were, were neat how they played them in the scene um, because it kind of made it feel like it was a challenge for both of them it yeah. wasn't just like hey we put this guy in the maze you know go track him down and kill him it was kind of like hey we threw you both in there figure it out yep um, so I really enjoyed that and all the way up to that point. And even like the, um, when the Salamonger finally kills the, I just called him the guy, the suit man. Yeah. Um, knickknack or tattoo, whatever you want to call him finally comes down. It's like, Oh, Hey, he's, he was pretty good. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the money back from him and it's, and it's revealed that this is nothing more than a training exercise for, for Scaramanga. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously he's done this numerous times before. He's he's trying to find hone his skills and and make a challenge for himself, essentially. Hence all the theatrics with the with the mm-hmm. carnival thing and, and, and him being a part of this as well. And it, 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 it changes. So Scaramanga is not, you know, doesn't know it every single time. He has to react just like mm-hmm. his opponent does to what's it going is kinda, on. Yeah interesting like the different you mentioned like the the cowboys and stuff popping out mm-hmm. there was another statue there that i thought was kind of interesting yes. the statue of james bond himself sir roger mm-hmm. moore in his traditional pointing the gun pose yep. um so they make it they make a very clear point of showing that and that'll that'll come into play towards the end of the yep. film and they also uh through their their kind of chit chat back and forth you know they talk about how you know give me a real challenge type deal you know i want someone better and i think scaramanga takes the silence pistol that the suit man had and i think he like fires the uh the finger fires at the bond statue like shooting off all the little fingers yes i noticed that i thought that was kind of kind of clever showing then, that this uh, man is incredibly skilled yes yes which i think comes in a, the next it's like the f- first or so after the intro when they're all talking i think they mentioned about how he was a trick shot or something exactly like he, was, absolutely. he was a really good um trick shooter or whatever yep um so after this training it's revealed this is this training exercise we cut to the traditional intro where we've got the man with the golden gun song being played um very retro intro very reminiscent of the goldfinger intro Oddly enough, with both of them having gold yeah. in the name, it reminded me a lot of the Goldfinger intro. I kind of um, got that impression too, especially when the the gun, the golden gun, was appearing with the gold, um, yep. colored background, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You you had like the water reflections with the women in it and whatnot. Yeah, I I love the song. I thought the song the song was, was great, really great. You mm-hmm. know, um, and I like how if because if I'm not mistaken, it was the same song both beginning and end, but I liked how they flowed into the song in the ending credits yeah, yeah which we'll get to when we get to the end of that mm-hmm. but I, I thought that was really cool uh but some of the things i liked with this intro uh you mentioned the water effect it, it took me a minute because i realized that there was effect but i didn't quite catch it the, at first but what i think they did is like they had the different pictures and silhouettes and all that and they just kind of i don't think they necessarily put it on to water but they could have uh, either way, the way that the ripples were in the water kind of created like a little wavy effect mm-hmm. on the pictures. And I thought that was really, really neat. And the way that they used the different colored backgrounds, where it was like the blue, the green, yeah. um, and just kind of <clears throat> highlighting the background of those images. And then, of course, when the golden gun and all came in, it was like gold and shiny. Like the way they played on those color contrasts, I thought was really clever for that intro. So I, I definitely um, approve of the intro, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Played I thought, incredibly I it was well. really good. 
Um, so after the intro, we cut to a Bond having a meeting with good old M himself. Mm-hmm. Um, M asks Bond about Scaramanga. You know, have you ever heard of this man? What do you know? Bond proceeds to go through a whole list of, you know, he was <laughs> a trick shot when he was seven. He did his first assassination when he was 15. You know, he was raised as like a carnival trick shot, which explains the funhouse theme stuff that he has going mm-hmm. on and his ability to fire, you know, shoot individual fingers off off the Bond figure or um, uh, statue. So Bond basically goes through this man's you know biography. You know, he's got three nipples. It's a real life condition. Somebody can be born with, with, with three nips, if you will. But nobody knows his face. Nobody's ever seen his face. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess nobody's lived, lived long enough to see his face until this movie. <laughs> but they have been, you know, they live long enough to tell everyone he's got three nipples. Exactly. Exactly. You know, well, that's that's the real identifying mark. If you can see a man with a shirt off and he's got three nipples, that's probably your guy. Yeah. You know, Um uh, <laughs> It is discovered, M reveals that Scaramanga has sent Bond a golden bullet with his number on it, 007, indicating that he is Scaramanga's next target. Um, it's decided that somebody had to have paid, you know, had to have paid for this, somebody, because Scaramanga only kills for money. It's $1 million per hit. You know, he, mm-hmm. he will only kill if you pay him. So somebody essentially paid for Bond's death. Um, so they just... You know, decide that it probably has something to do with Thailand, but M doesn't really want Bond to investigate. So Bond is being removed from his current case for his own protection since he's being hunted by, at this time, the world's greatest assassin. And if I'm not mistaken, because I don't really get into too much detail, but the the mission he was on up until this had something to do with some type of like energy crisis or, yes, or something. something to do with that, some sort of solar crisis thing that was stolen. Um, yeah, and then he was Solex trying to track down something or other. Yeah, he was trying to track down. Um, upon leaving the room, M subtly tells Bond that, "Hey, listen, man, I'll approve any sort of PTO or vacation time you want." So he's kind of subtly telling him, "Listen, you can get back on the case if you take care of this whole Scaramanga issue." Yeah. So I'm not telling you to go take care of business, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know? Which I love because Bond was like, what if I got to him first? Well, that would be a good idea then, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good idea to me, Bond. You know, um, Bond leaves the room. Of course, we've got some classic Money Penny and Bond flirting. Not going to lie. Um, the Money Penny Bond back and forth didn't vibe with me in this movie. No, and I think the reason why is because because um, in my notes, I didn't even bother with the flirting. I simply put that Bond was asking Money Penny about questions, yeah. Because essentially that's what he was like. Instead of the kind of the full on flirty, "Hey, did you miss me?" type deal, yeah, yeah. it was more like Bond was kind of intrigued about the M meeting and like, um, yeah. what's going on now? Like, uh, okay, you don't want me to do this mission, so but I'm not technically fired or on leave. I'm just kind of doing my own thing, and so it was kind of like he was questioning. Money Penny mm-hmm. trying to get some more information about where he could start looking for Salamonger. Yeah. Um, since he was kind of just like, Hey, this guy's after you. I'm pulling you off the case until uh, he's not after you anymore. So it was kind of like, it wasn't like, Hey, this is the guy. This is where you can find him. Go look here. It was kind of just like Bond was out in the wild type deal. 
yeah, as far as the, his mission the, goes. The, so, like, that whole conversation was all just about Yeah, either way, the, the dynamic between him and Money Penny just didn't work for me. It wasn't the, no, it wasn't it, the same flirty-flirty flirty that. that I like to have. And I'm a no, little disappointed. Was a I was hoping we'd get a little bit more of it at the end. But this is the only time we see Money Penny. Yeah. This is the only time we see her in the movie. So, Money Penny, Money Penny in review is this is... This is the worst money penny I've seen. It's the same money penny, Louise Maxwell, but mm-hmm. the interaction with Bond just it just didn't work for me. Um, but no, it's such a small it, yeah, part of the movie, it doesn't take away from the whole thing, though. Um, so not as good as the last movie. It's not as good with Connery. Then we cut to Bond enjoying a belly dance, smoking a smoking mm-hmm. a stogie, having a beverage. Um, Bond proceeds to sneak backstage and meet with the belly dancer, who was with the last man who was killed by Scaramanga. And according to the report, the bullet was never found. Um, apparently, Bond discovers that she kept the bullet as a belly ring, which was her good luck charm. So Bond proceeds to subtly attempt to take the belly ring off, first using his hand while flirting with her, then mm-hmm. pretending to pick something up off the floor and, and kind of kissing her belly and trying to take it off with his mouth. Um, guards come in and he's surprised by the guards and proceeds to swallow the, the belly ring, which I kind of chuckled at. Not going to lie. I, I laughed at that too, because I mean, <laughs> they kind of made it look accidental too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roger Moore's acting with the surprise on his face was, was good. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I liked how, like, he, I, I kind of figured he would expect these guards to come in too, especially since the three guards were all kind of pretty much staring at bonds while he was watching the belly dancer. Yeah. And great. I know they were behind bonds, but you would think that spy craft would sneak in, you know, would kind of like kick in and be like, Hey, I got three guys watching me. It's we're just, 15 you know. minutes in the movie. They needed a fight scene. Oh, that's true. Um, so the fight scene, fight scene breaks out between them. Bond of course gets the upper hand. He leaves down an alleyway um, to a taxi. The taxi driver asks, are you headed back to your hotel, sir? And he goes, no, I need a pharmacy. <laughs> yeah, the nearest pharmacy. I kind of laughed at that part. Fun quick, because we know this man swallowed the belly ring. What gets out? Mm-hmm. How, how's it going to come out? Yeah. He needs some diuretics so he can go make the poop poop. <laughs> He's got to make the poop poop and poop out the uh, gold gold. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Um, we cut to Q Bench, where where Q and other scientists, how I named him, are investigating yeah, the bullet, trying to find the origin origin from this place in Thailand. There's one guy who makes these custom weapons for assassins and all this and that. Uh, it's the Lazar. only place, it, yeah, Lazar is the only place it could possibly be from. Um, during this, an explosion from explosion occurs from testing in the background. Um, Which I, I thought was great because it was like a, a camera. Yeah, it's classic Q, man. It. Like anytime they're yeah. testing something, anytime they go to Q Branch in a Bond movie, something in the background's going to explode. Yeah, it, it's it, pretty much a given. It, it's a given, man. It happens every time. Um, but they track the bullet's origin to Macau. Uh, Bond shows up and meets with Mr. Lazar, who's very excited that Bond's come to him. This is a custom weapons maker. He, he's he's familiar with Bond. You know, Bond's kind of a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Bond proceeds to question him about Scaramanga. You know, you made him a weapon, the golden gun. Man needs bullets for it. When's your next delivery? That kind of thing. Uh, Lazar is very doesn't want to give up information about his clients. So Bond proceeds to use his own weapon, which was a weapon designed for a man who lost his two trigger fingers, so he could fire it with his shoulder, to intimidate him. Um, to get the drop-off information for the golden bullets. And I do kind of like the science behind this, where Bond shoots it the first time when they're testing it out, and he's like, the sights are off. And the guy's like, no, they're not. This was design, designed for a man missing two fingers. So he's yeah. going to hold it dif- you know, 
differently. Hold the grip differently, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, which I which kind of shows good. the detail that he literally customizes his weapons based on the individual person, um, mm-hmm. which I which I really enjoyed. Um, after getting him to give up the information, the drop-off information for the golden bullets, we cut to a casino um, where Bond is tracking the uh, same woman that we saw on the island with Scaramanga in the very beginning of the mm-hmm. movie. Um, they, yeah, are the, they are trying. They are trying. The classic tracking. They're tracking. 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 Whatever. It's all the same. Um, I thought. I thought this was kind of neat as far as their little spycraft in there. Granted, it wasn't the spy side; it was the villain side. But um, I like how Lazar is sitting there playing poker and this and that, and the guys are doing the chips. And I don't know exactly how this game or whatever game that was was being played, but they drop. There's two floors, so the second floor watches down at the table, and they drop these baskets down with like and the so money bas- or something. In it, yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know how it works, but I like he put the bullets in the basket, and then the basket comes back up, and of course Bond's at the top watching this and sees the woman take the bullets out of the basket. Absolutely, and then he starts in like her. a cigarette box or something like that, right? <clears throat> I think so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, proceeds to follow. They they take a ride on a hydrofoil. These 1970s Bond movies love them some hydrofoils. I'll tell you what. There's yeah. Been, there's been hydrofoils in the last three Bond movies. Um, um, they I, love I, it. I, I didn't really put much on that because I forgot what they were called. I just put like giant speed tour boat <laughs> <laughs> cruising uh-huh. across the water. Yeah, they take the uh, hydropore. They make a specific note of showing the wreck of a battleship from yes, the previous war. Which I even put in my notes that I liked the description of this this vessel better than when we watched the uh the bridge scene in diamonds are forever when they were going through the bridge and it's like oh this is the whatever yeah, bridge where yeah. there's two sisters like i was like oh god this is horrible jordan the way the guy described <laughs> this shipwreck was so much better than that so do you remember what he said i i don't remember no so i went back and rewound it just to, to ger- um, verify and jot it down but when they're passing the ship, the guys and the thing is like, oh, uh, I forget the full name, but essentially it was the Queen Elizabeth, which sank in 1971 under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And that's all he says. So I'm like, really? So Jordan's, okay. Jordan's basically like watching this movie. And when we cut to the next scene, he's like, oh, he kind of wanted to follow the tour guide the rest of the way. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, because like, they get, I know it's pointless. Like, I know they put that in there for like little tiny references. So now. As we watch this movie, we realize there's more of a reference to this scene. We officially now have Frank the Henchman and Billy the Tour Guide. Billy the Tour Guide, (laughs) yes. He's getting better with his tours. Uh, I did also put in there, as far as uh, camera effects, I liked how they did the shipwreck, as far as the camera angles go. Like as they're kind of pulling up, you kind of see it off in the like the side, and it kind of like catches Bond's attention. Mm-hmm. But then they do another scene like over top. But the one I thought was really cool is when the speedboat's coming, the camera's kind of like following the boat yeah. and is going over the shipwreck. So the shipwreck starts coming into the front of the TV, like of the view, yeah. while the the shipboat's coming in. I thought that was yeah. a really cool angle. And it's I, a cool I like helicopter that. tracking shot. It was done really, yeah, really it well. Was, yeah, really, really good for that. Definitely scene. agree with you on that one. Um, but after we get off the hydrofoil ride, Bond proceeds to meet with Miss Goodnight, who is another agent. Um, they proceed to track the green Ro- green Rolls Royce uh, that the woman from the beginning went into. Miss Goodnight proceeds to laugh at Bond because there's only he's like, <laughs> how difficult could it be to track a, track a green Rolls Royce? And she's like, there's a shitload of them, man, because this particular hotel 
That's all that's they all use they have. is Green yep. Rolls Royce. But at least we know the hotel that we have to go to. So they show up at the hotel. Bond proceeds to investigate the woman's hotel room and finds her in the shower waiting with a gun. Um, so mm-hmm. she kind of has the upper hand on Bond for now. Uh, upon making a call, Bond proceeds to get the upper hand and proceeds to interrogate the woman very aggressively. And this is where we start yeah. seeing a much darker Bond, where Bond wasn't trying to seduce his way into the situation. He's about to snap this woman's arm off to get the information he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty intense. It is discovered that Scaramanga has a date at the Bottoms Up Club, where the drop off's supposed to be. So Bond subtly threatens the girl to... You, you want to keep doing the drop-off because, listen, if you don't do the drop-off, he's going to know you are compromised and he's going to kill you. Um, if you don't do the drop-off, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, yeah, so you got to do the drop-off. It just really depends on who you want to kill you at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where, yeah, in my notes, like I said, this is a, this is a, a bit of a darker bond than we've seen before. We, we're not seeing the same flirty, flirty bond we've seen in past movies. Um, so we cut to the bottoms up club where Bond is waiting outside, uh, side cut to Scaramanga, who is making whoopee with that woman from the beginning that we saw the same mm-hmm. woman that went to the drop, uh, Bond, while he's witness, you know, scoping out the bottoms up club tattoo or knickknack comes up behind Bond and proceeds to kind of guide him the direction he wants to go. So Bond proceeds to follow knickknack. Meanwhile, Which- Go ahead. I was just, I'm gonna cut in real quick. I really liked how they introduced Nick Knack into the scene. Like Bond is just sitting across the street, and, you know, and he looks over, and there's like a little camera and a TV, and he's kind of like adjusting his tie and all. And then as there's another TV a little bit lower to the left, and you start seeing Nick Knack kind of walking in yeah. that TV screen, just like appear, and like Bond kind of like looks over his shoulder, then turns around and looks around and looks down, and <clears> there's <throat> Nick Knack standing next to him. Nick Knack like, does I really the little, thought he that does was a wave. Yeah, which is the yeah, best thing ever. Long. Anytime he does that wave like three times in this movie, and I love it every time. Yes, it's perfect. Every time I um, love the little wave. Really thought that was a cool, clever scene how they uh, brought him into that. Oh yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, um, but Bond proceeds to follow Knickknack across the street. Meanwhile, Scaramanga is lining up his shot and kills the man, um, which the kills the man that's walking past Bond. Uh, Bond immediately pulls out his gun and is startled by the situation. Meanwhile, a Chinese man. Um, claiming to be an agent, arrests Bond during the innocent incident before the other police show up, and he's taken to the docks. They proceed to hop on another boat. Meanwhile, Scaramanga goes to his old-school Chinese sailing boat, which I've always loved, this style of sailboat. Like, it's so cool, cool. man. The way the sails Mm -hmm. are and everything. Like, I've always loved If I'm not mistaken, there's, there's one in... One of the Brosman bonds that yeah, I, I always yeah, yeah, think yeah, of too. I yeah. flash back to that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, I believe it's in Tomorrow Never Dies, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. Sure it's it's one of, it was like Dies. one of the Chinese boats or something. Yeah. I think. Um, but I love that style, that that Chinese style sailing boat. Um, but anyway, this is Scaramanga's boat. So he goes to this and he meets back with the woman, and proceeds to awkwardly pet her with his golden gun. Yeah, that was kind of a weird scene. Very creepy. Very creepy. Um, we, you know, it's, it's unsurprising, but Scaramanga, Scaramanga has a couple issues. Um, (laughs) it seems, uh, Bond proceeds the cut back to the boat that Bond's being taken away on. They seem to be pulling up to the wreckage of the battleship. 
Uh, Bond proceeds to escape once they get to the wreckage, but is greeted by an intercom system and kind of led through the boat until he's met with British British naval officers and led directly to M and Q, who are in an office. So this is a a uh, a British base essentially that's hidden within yep. the wreckage of this battleship. And I love this scene. I love the design that everything's still at the angle because when we see the ship, it's angled in the water. <laughs> yeah, and then they like yet, do things to kind of make it work. Yeah, they just kind of leveled out certain areas to make it work. You know, I, yeah, I, that I, was man, really, cool. I really love that. I love that a lot. So once I got to this scene and I realized that that was like their hidden base, the fact that the ship was named Queen Elizabeth made so much more sense to me. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. It was a British like, ship. <laughs> yeah, it was a British ship. And that just happens to be where the, the British agents are. That makes so much more sense now. <laughs> so I, was like, I made sure to, to reference that the, the fact that they mentioned the ship wreck as they're going by it. And the mysterious circumstances of how it sank. I can only imagine what that means. But yeah. now I know. They decided <laughs> to sink the ship in 71 so that they could use it as a base now. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but throughout the meeting with M and Q, it's discovered that Scaramanga does not seem to have a contract on Bond because he would have killed him on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a contract with this other guy. So they kind of put two and two to discover and discover this is the only man who could afford to pay for the contract yep. on Scaramanga. Because we um, find out the that target the, uh, that he killed that night. And we find out that the, the target that he killed was tied into Bond's original mission. Yes. So Bond's back on the case. Yep. yep. He's back on and, the case because um, he's not being hunted by Scaramanga and Scaramanga and this theft of the, the solar device are, are linked. Um, so Bond proceeds to write down something that he's going to need for Q on a piece of paper, gives it to Q and Q responds with, that's rather kinky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, but I can do it. I'm Q. I can do anything. Bond proceeds to go and investigate the compound. And I like this scene where he's with the the other Chinese agent. The Chinese agent's on his shoulders. He's just kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah. And then they trade spots. And the Chinese guy's like, listen, there's a lot of guards. We're not getting in there. And then take, Bond just Take a look for yourself. So <laughs> hops on the Chinese guy's soldier, and then Bond's feet just go out of frame like he hopped the fence. Love it. And the Chinese guy's like, what? What are you doing? Yep. Uh, Bond proceeds to meet with Miss Chu Mi, who this is the only line and the only time we ever see in this movie. Um, but she's swimming naked, and Bond mm-hmm. offers to join her, basically. He begins to take his shirt off, revealing, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. For Q time. So this is Q time. <laughs> if that you makes more sense now. If you were wondering what the mystery device that Bond requested from Q was, and Q responded with, that's kinky. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for a limited time only, for only $1.99, only $1.99, <laughs> this is the cheapest Q tech we've sold on this show to date. <laughs> you yourself can get your very own fake third nipple like James Bond himself did for only a dollar 99 glue included <laughs> glue included. <laughs> so that is our cue time for this episode. That is literally the only gadget that is used in this Q appears three times in this movie. And that's the only gadget that's used. And I love it. Yeah. I love I mean, that they as far made, as Bond goes. Yeah. yeah. I love that they made a specific point of Bond requesting this awkward item and then showing <laughs> it in the very next scene. I love it. This is it not so my much. favorite Q time, but this is definitely the funniest. I think it's a good one. 
Um, he's pretending to be Scaramanga and um, oh God, what's the name of the guy? I'll remember it in a minute. Uh, uh, Mr. Fat. Like, Mr. Fat. Yeah, it was like something fat. Ho yeah. Fat or Yo Fat or something. I can't remember yeah. what, what the first name was. Um, Mr. Fat shows up because Bond's an intruder and recognizes him by the third nipple and be like, oh no, mm -hmm. this is Mr. Scaramanga. So Bond continues to pretend to be Scaramanga and meet, convincing Mr. Fat, the buyer of the last contract, um, he saw Mr. Bond there and wants him to invest to kill Mr. Bond. So basically Bond's trying to set up his own assassination to try and get closer to this, this deal. To, to kind of put the connection together. Yep. Exactly. Um, but as they leave, you know, Mr. Fat agrees to agrees to the terms and invites Bond to come back for dinner. As mm -hmm. they leave, it's revealed that the real Scaramanga, Scaramanga was already there. And I liked this uh, transition too because, I, like, as Bond leaves, and um, I forget the other Chinese guy's uh, agent's name, uh, but like, as he's like, he's like, you really just walked out the front door. He's like, yeah. He's like, and I was invited back to dinner and all too. Yep. And then but he like, proceeds as to toss the, the car. Yes, yes. Um, well, they're so cheap, and just get another one. That's right. Like, Only a dollar ninety nine. But uh, what I like is how, like, when they're getting to the car and all that, you start seeing kind of like this camera angle, like through the trees, kind of like look down at them while, mm -hmm. while they're getting in the car and all, and then it kind of like, goes over to Scaramanga, put like the binoculars down. Like I thought like, that was kind of a neat, like even though it wasn't like through the binoculars, yeah. just the way the angle was through the trees and all, you could tell like, it was someone's cool kind of spying cool on it. Was, it was a nice transition, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. Um, the real Scaramanga agrees to take the contract to kill Mr. Bond himself. So now Bond really does have a contract on his head. Mm -hmm. uh, we cut to Bond leaving the hotel, dressed up, ready for dinner, with the Chinese agent and Mrs. Mrs. Goodnight. He hops in the car with the Chinese agent, and their Chinese agent happens to have his nieces with him. He's got to drop them off at practice first. Um, and then he'll come back to pick up Bond. So Bond's dropped off for the dinner with Mr. Fat, <clears throat> walks through a garden of statues, one of which proceeds to move. And we, it, we see that it is none other than Knickknack in disguise. Bond proceeds to wander through the garden and comes across two sumo wrestler statues who just block his way. These are real sumo wrestlers. So now we have Sumo Fight 1974, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> sumo wrestlers proceed to fight Mr. Bond. Bond is wrapped up in the sumo wrestler, about to get the air squeezed out of him. He's struggling, man. Bond almost like lost this one. Yet. Until... Bond reaches behind and gives the sumo wrestler the spy's greatest weapon is the atomic wedgie, ladies and gentlemen. So the atomic wedgie is given on this sumo wrestler, and the sumo wrestler is writhing in, writhing in pain. Um, uh, but not before. Once Bond gets that upper hand, Bond is knocked out by, by um, Nick Knack, who comes up behind mm -hmm. him. Knickknack is about to kill Impale Bond with his little spear thing, and at the last second, Mr. Fat stops Bond from being killed um, because this is my home. We don't do this here. Gives the order to take Bond to the, to the quote-unquote school. Um, Bond comes to at the school. It's discovered that this is a karate dojo. He's mm -hmm. being cared for by a couple women. Um, we see a little sword fight thing break out between two students, one of the students is just straight up killed. So this is a dojo that's no joke. Like, if you're not good yeah. enough, you're, you're dead. You don't you know? make it. You don't make it. Um, 
Bond begins to fight with another student that comes up and challenges him and love this part, dude. It is so good. Yeah. Knocks him out as they're bowing. Like Bond doesn't even bow. The other guy bows to him and Bond just kicks him in the face and knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. And then bows afterwards and like goes to walk off. Yeah. A little bit disrespectful, but cool. Whatever. You know, he's not Japanese. You guys say or, or Asian or whatever, you know, Thai or Chinese, spy. whatever. Yeah, you, you, your training techniques are survive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he's challenged by the school's black belt, the big bad that's up there next to the master. And I love this scene, too. The, the black belt comes up and proceeds to bow to Bond, but keeps his eye on him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Never truly looks at the floor. Um then the fight starts as Bond initiates a handshake with the gentleman. Uh, Bond proceeds to get the upper head, upper hand, and then bows and jumps out the window where the Chinese agent and his nieces are waiting for him. They proceed to be pursued by several, several of the students of the school. Um, and it's discovered, you know, they're, they're cornered. There's got, they've got nowhere else to go. Bond proceeds to who's standing next to the Chinese agent's nieces proceeds to push them behind him. And then they in turn flip it on him and push Bond behind them and start whipping ass. Yeah. They're like going through this crowd. These little girls destroy like what? 20 henchmen. Probably you know? because uh, the, what the Chinese agent whose name I can't remember was on the opposite side going in the opposite direction. And he had like a small group. Like, he had maybe, like, five or six that he was fighting, and these girls had, like, 10, 15, easy. Oh, yeah. And they're just, like, going to town. And Bond's just kind of staring at him, like, uh, all right. He's just sitting there watching. Yeah. And at some point, the Chinese agent turns to Bond and says, you know, listen, this is the practice they were dropped off at. They kind of know what they're doing. You know, yeah. they've been doing this yeah. stuff for years. Um, so these nieces just whip these guys' ass. It, it's, it's, it's a cool fight scene. They stopped. I, I enjoyed it. They stopped the last guy, um, but not before completely kicking him right in the balls, pulling him up to Bond. The guy's all dazed and confused, and all Bond does is just barely push him on the head, push and the guy back. falls on the ground. Um, yep. <laughs> they proceed to run as more students come their way. Um, they're running. They're running. They get to the car. Bond opens the door for the for the girls or. The Chinese guy opens the door for the girls. The girls hop in. Bond closes the door. And as he's running around to the other side of the car, the Chinese guy takes off, accidentally leaving Bond behind. (laughs) Which I thought was funny because he like runs out of the car for a little bit and then just decides to go in a different direction. Yep. But you know what? What does he do? This this is one of those things. And I I put it in my notes. I want to specify this. Bond then runs like across the yard and all. What does Mm -hmm. he see out in the water? A boat. A boat. And decides to hop in a boat. Because you know it worked so well the last time. A boat chase. <laughs> a boat chase. Yes. We have another boat chase. Bond. Did, Bond did I not explain how much I did not like the boat chase in the last movie? Well, you see, you gotta understand, when we were with the Sean Connery movies, we had car chases. And when we were at the George Lazenby movie, we had ski chases. Ski chases. Now Roger Moore chase. is boat chases. <laughs> <laughs> so. I enjoyed this boat chase a little bit more because it was like I don't know one tenth of the last boat chase. Yeah, it wasn't which is exactly as long. what it needed I mean, to it, be. Yeah, it wasn't a quarter of the movie, or it didn't feel like a quarter <laughs> yeah. of the movie at least. Um, but Bond escapes via boat, 
boat chase ensues. At some point, the boat proceeds to break down. We cut to a scene where there's a, a, a kid trying to sell, you know, a, a, a wooden elephant on a tourist boat. The mm-hmm. kid sees Bond's boat coming by, jumps off, swims over to the boat and attempts to sell the, the, the elephant to Bond. Bond's not having it. He's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, listen, kid, for the love of God, if you can make this boat go faster, I'll give you 10,000, whatever the currency is. And the kid yeah. just reaches down and flips like the little fuel main thing. And yeah, the boat, it increases fuel to the engine. Yep, and the boat kicks back on. Then the kid looks at Bond slightly and goes, 10,000? Yeah, and Bond's like, nah, sorry, not today. And he yeah. pushes him off the boat. Listen, I got to owe you. And then just pushes the kid off the boat. Like, rude. <laughs> rude, <Yeah>. Mr. Bond. <laughs> uh, so after the kid fixes the boat and gets thrown off, we cut to the tourist boat where there is none other than Sheriff J.W. Pepper from the Louisiana Police, Louisiana State Police. Why? Why? Is there with his wife on vacation. Why? Why is Mr. Pepper in this movie? Why? <laughs> Apparently he's really good friends with somebody else who, some producer or something, or... Uh... So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll I didn't this. really like him in the last movie. I didn't like him in this one. <laughs> and, and nothing gets acted. The actor did a good job with the character. And the actor, the, thing, yeah, the actor's a the good ca- actor. Like, like you've seen him in westerns and other stuff. Yeah. yeah. The character just didn't need to be in the movie. No. Now, I will say that this specific scene with J.W. Peppers in it, while Bond's still out in the boats, kind of cruising around, I enjoyed. A tiny bit. It was Just nice having a like, throwback to the character. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I liked how it was done because it was kind of like he kind of looked over at Bond. He's like, hmm. And Bond's kind of doing his thing. And then I think Bond, uh, there was another enemy boat that pops up and they're like, they got stuck or something. So Bond just kind of like ran through it, breaking it. And meanwhile, Pepper is kind of like looking, like kind of laughing, like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah. But at this um, point, Pepper doesn't even recognize him. No, which was yeah. the best part. And exactly. It wasn't until. Like well, Bond's a couple scenes done. later. It, yeah. yeah, well, it's like Bond's done, and he's getting ready to, like, cruise away, and Pepper's, you know, off the boat and, like, on the land. He's kind of looking, and he's kind of like, hmm. Like, he's kind of puzzled. Like, he kind of looks familiar. Yeah. Meanwhile, his wife's trying to uh, buy a wooden elephant, and was it? I think a real elephant came over and knocked him over. Some, something how he something. fell into the water. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, I think a real that, elephant pushes him out of the way. Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of clever. Like, I, I don't like Pepper's character. Like, I think I don't feel like he should be in the Bond movie. Like, it just takes away from these scenes. Yeah. However, the way it was done in this one to reference the last movie and kind of like the little comical thing was yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna have Pepper, that's the way to have Pepper. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, what we get in the next couple scenes like a few minutes is not the way to have Pepper. Uh, no, and we'll no. get there. We'll get there in a moment. But thankfully, the boat chase scene is over. Over after Bond cuts the enemy's boat in half. Um, so we cut back to Scaramanga and Mister Fat, who are meeting, who are who are having a meeting in their office. Mister Fat's telling Scaramanga, "Listen, you got to take this solar device, you know, somewhere. You know, it's kind of what I'm paying you for. This is why you're involved in this." Meanwhile, Scaramanga, Scaramanga sitting at Mr. Fat's desk, assembling his golden gun. And this is where we see really cool things where the golden gun's actually made of his accessories. Like the pin, his golden mm-hmm. pin is the barrel. His cigarette case is the, is the handle. His lighter is the, um, the, um, 
the main like receiver. I don't know gun. Yeah, the receiver. Yeah. You know, you, you're seeing him assemble sure, this. Sure, it's close enough. And as soon as he assembles it, he just straight up kills Mr. Fat. Just yep. done with it. Listen, I'm operating on my own at this point. Um, as he leaves Mr. Fat's office, he uh, talks to one of Mr. Fat's associates and says, listen, I'm, I'm in charge of this thing now. Well, what do you want us to do with Mr. Fat? You see that big mausoleum he built? Put him in that. He was always a fan of that. Which um, I laugh because the, the the scene where Bond leaves, pretending to be Songmonger, and you realize that Songmonger's was there the whole time. Uh, Fat mentions that mausoleum. Was like, yeah. He's like, you know, I one day will go into that mausoleum, but I want to make sure it's no time soon. Mm-hmm. So like, I laughed at that reference. And Songmonger was like, hey, put him in his mausoleum. Yeah. Yep. His mausoleum. That thing. Thank you. Put the him thing in that, that thing. they put the dead people in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then we cut to Bond, who's having a lovely dinner with Miss Goodnight. All while Nick Knack is watching from Scaramanga's boat. Um, Bond enters his room with... They, they, they finish their dinner. They say goodnight. Bond proceeds to enter his room. And there is Miss Goodnight. She's there. She wants, she wants the sexy time. We haven't had sexy time in this movie yet. And she wants it. She wants it hard. So this is the first sexy time in the film, but for for Bond, for Bond, but not before being interrupted by Miss Anders herself. Must have been trained by Quirrell. People love <laughs> Miss Anders was better at interrupting sex. Was nearly as good at interrupting sexy time as Quirrell was. They were in it. They were in bed. They were under the blankets. They were ready to go. Knock on the door. Here comes Miss Anders, who is the woman trying to break we, in. Yes, um, who is the woman we saw from the beginning? Um, Miss Goodnight's hiding under the you know hiding under the blankets. Bond explains that as you know you fell for my classic pillows in the bed trick, which was a nice reference from um, uh, which Sean Connery movie was it? Doctor No, it was Doctor No. It was Dr. the very no. first one, yeah, um, where he did the same trick. Uh, meanwhile, so they have a little conversation back and forth with where Mr. Andrews reveals that she was the one who sent Bond the bullet with his number on it. She needs his help to kill Scaramanga. Um, she offers her, her body as payment. So she wants to make the sexy time with Mr. Bond as well. Bond proceeds to ask about the Solex agitator, which is the solar device that was stolen. Um, during this time, Miss Anders heads to the bathroom. Meanwhile, Bond proceeds to sneak Miss Goodnight into the closet um, to kind of get her out of the way. Uh, Miss Goodnight's just sitting in that closet, sorely disappointed, and falls asleep all <laughs> while Mr. Bond and Miss Anders have epic level sexy time. I mean, it's not on <laughs> film. Like, they cut away. But I imagine, like, Miss Goodnight was in the closet listening, and it was just, like, the most... It's like hotel room sex. Like, you know, you've been in a hotel room and you hear somebody going at it at the wall behind you and you're like, good <laughs> God damn. It's that kind. It's crazy. Miss <laughs> wow. Anders. Then we cut to Miss Anders returning to Scaramanga's boat um, while Bond wakes Miss Goodnight up from the closet and says, listen, Miss Goodnight, your name might be Goodnight, but I really had the good night. Um, <laughs> He doesn't say that. He should have. No, if you no. want to hire me for Bond puns, I'm all I'm available. I'm available. I'm willing to write. It's all good. <laughs> Although I laugh at the the name 
puns that are in the Bond movies, especially oh, yeah. later on. Pussy galore, Miss Goodnight, Xena on a top. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there was uh, the one Christmas uh, in one of the Brosnan movies. It was uh, the girl's name was Christmas or something. Yeah, I, I remember God, there was I a pun remember. at the end where he's like, you know, I thought Christmas only came once a year or something. Yeah, or something about yeah. unwrapping his present. Like I can't remember what it was, but yeah, we'll get to we'll get to those. But yeah, the yeah. The, the names are always funny as well. Um, then we cut to Bond arriving at a kickboxing match where he agreed to meet Mrs. Anders to drop off the Solex agitator. Um, Miss Anders is there. She's sitting there, you know, quietly watching the boxing match. Bond sits down next to her and proceeds to ask her, you know, where is it? And she's not moving. She's not moving a muscle. She's just staring straight ahead. And it's discovered that Bond, Bond discovers that she's been shot in the chest while sitting there. And she is... 100% dead. Nobody nobody around her aware whatsoever. Which I thought was kind of funny because she had that like statuette feel. Like she was a statue. Her eyes are open, not mm-hmm. moving. You would think a dead person would kind of like fall over. Hey, Scaramanga is um, good, man. He just like, he hits them and they die. I mean, it's the golden gun. It's a one shot kill. You know, whatever, well, whatever yeah. pose you're in when you're when you shot, that's the pose you die. <laughs> and it instantly freezes you. You don't move after that. Who <laughs> forgot that's a side effect of the golden gun. Um, but once it's discovered, Bond proceeds to go through her purse looking for the device. Uh, meanwhile, Scaramanga proceeds to sit down next to Bond. Mr. Um, Francesco. Exactly. Reveal, revealing himself, having a little conversation with Bond going, listen, you know, a mistress is no good to two men. She had to go. You know, mm-hmm. um, meanwhile, Nicknack sitting right behind him with a gun and peanuts, yeah. which I just love because he's just sitting there eating peanuts, watching the fight in between the two of them while they're yeah. talking, yeah. holding a gun to Bond's <laughs> back. I love it. I love Nicknack so much. I love him so much, man. Um, Nicknack is, 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 is great. Uh, but anyway, they have a little conversation back and forth. Meanwhile, Bond looks down and sees the Solex agitator on the ground um, mm-hmm. amongst some trash. It must have fallen when when she was shot. So Bond proceeds to subtly, you know, kick it over with his foot <clears throat> um, and then requests some peanuts. The peanut guy happens to be the Chinese agent. So once the peanuts are thrown, Bond drops the peanuts on the ground, you know, picks up the Solex desi- device and puts it in the peanut guy's box as if he was paying him. Um, mm-hmm. Very sly, very subtle. Scaramanga, surprise, Scaramanga did not pick up on that, to be honest with you. Yes, yes. And this is Spy Tactics 101. Yes. It was nice, uh, sleight of hands, um, a little mm-hmm. noticeable to anyone who was actually paying attention, Yeah. but to all of those, because Salamunga was in like his mid story of all yeah. this stuff and he was kind of like tranced. And again, Nick has got his peanuts and just mm-hmm. watching the match in between them. He doesn't care what's going on. Now I say he didn't pick up on it, but he should, he didn't show any signs of picking up on it. But as we get to the next scene, he may have, he may have known exactly where that device was going to be going to. Because the Chinese agent proceeds to leave and hands the device off to Miss Goodnight, who puts it in her purse. Um, Bond continues his conversation with Scaramanga shortly after Scaramanga and, and, and Nick Knack leave. Um, upon them leaving, Miss Goodnight sees Nick Knack and proceeds to follow him. Nick Knack hops into a car and she attempts to, she, you know, cracks open the trunk and attempts to install a tracker in the car and she's thrown into the vehicle from behind by Scaramanga who hops into the driver's seat and drives off. Um, 
Miss Goodnight's communicating with Bond via via radio. You know, I was thrown into the back of the car. It's a it's a golden blah 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 whatever model. This that and the other thing. Bond's like, no problem. We got you. We're on it. Hops in the car. Miss Goodnight had the keys. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. So they proceed to try and find a car. Bond sees a showroom. Goes into the showroom, hops into the yeah, showroom AMC. car. Yep. Where none other than yet again, Sheriff J.W. Pepper is sitting in the passenger seat in the car, hoping to take it on a test drive. Bond hops in. J.W. immediately recognizes him and they take off. Take off under the car chase. What I like is that he says something about taking this, it was like, take this thing for a spin. I forget what exactly what he says, but uh, Bond's like, no problem. And then drives it through the window of the showroom and gets it onto the road. And Pepper is just like, what the hell are you doing? And then he's like, I know you. And that's when they realize, because Bond's like, ugh. Not it's this you. man again. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, the chase has already started. So, like, they yeah. get to this point where they're already, like, through the showroom, on the road, chasing down, and then they realize who each other are. Yep. Which I thought was kind of neat. I, that, with a few other tweaks to this next scene, are mm-hmm. the only thing I like about it. I don't yeah. think that JW should have been placed in. I think he was fine with the boat scene and been done. Yeah. I will say there was there was one line with JW and Bond that I like that happens at the beginning of the scene once they discover everybody. JW realizes, oh, you're chasing somebody. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And then he's in on it. He's like, listen, yes. I, I, I'm i your co-pilot. I'm with you whole hog on this one now, you know. Whereas in the last movie, he was chasing Bond down because he didn't know who he was. Yep. Um, so I did kind of like that. I liked I liked JW being excited to be involved in a, in a spy police chase rather than I being like on the, the way, opposite side of it. I like the way they did the scene. I just don't think it should have been in the movie. Agreed. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I do like, agree. I think it was a, a waste for that movie. Like, yeah. it was a good chase scene. I liked how JW and Bond kind of interacted throughout the chase scene to a point. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it needed to be in it. Like, I, I thought it was kind of neat to be, like you said, the opposite. Before they were chasing, yeah. you know, chasing each other. Now, now they're, they're with working each other. together. Yeah. I like that. But I think I, I would have rather just had the boat scene with him kind of like, hmm, as Bond's cruising by and leave it at that. Yeah. I don't think also, they needed both JW this, scenes in the movie. With this being a more serious movie, the JW comedy relief during the chase scene doesn't really fit. No, you know, it doesn't. His, no. his comedy cameo in the last scene, I thought you know, worked relatively well. Yeah, because it was almost like two um, separate him, scenes combined. Yeah, but him being in the chase itself didn't it didn't work for me. But anyway, we've got a car chase. We've got it going back and forth, back and forth. Um, the Chinese police p- proceed to be involved in this police chase as well. So we're going along. We're going on, going down. You know, I twenty two or whatever <laughs> interstate is in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. Whatever um, highways they, whatever they call highways in Thailand. Because I think, yeah, like Knickknack and Salmon Munger pick up when they're finally being chased. So they're like kind of going all over the place. Exactly. They're weaving Meanwhile, back and forth. Bond's weaving back and forth. JW's um, hollering out the windows at other people yeah, and he's, stuff. He's hollering out the windows at people, get out of the way, this, that, and the other thing. And ladies and gentlemen, I shit you not. Frank, old henchman himself. Um, Minding his own business as per usual. I mean, after the incidents of the last couple mo- movies, Frank's like, listen, my wife and kids left me. I've got, I got nothing going on. I need to restart. I need a vacation. I need something to separate myself from all of this. 
So you know what? I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to sit back and relax. I'm going to chill for a bit. I, I left the bayous behind me from the last, last movie. I just need to relax. You know, I need to go someplace, recenter my chi, maybe pick up kickboxing, you know, just kind of get in the zone, get all zen with it. So Frank takes a nice little vacation to China, Macau, Macau, which is where we are, I think, if I remember correctly, <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, I think you're right, yeah. we're in Asia. <laughs> Frank's vacationing. You know, he's got his nice hotel room. He decides he wants to go pick up, pick up some local cuisine. So Frank, Frank proceeds to, you know, go out. He rents a car so he can get around, learn the roads. Maybe I want to move here. You know, maybe I want to restart my life here. Seems, seems to be a pretty relaxing place. So he's driving along. He's headed to the local grocer, you know, the little stands you see on the side of the road with the fruits, vegetables, all the foods laid out in front of you, the street vendors, if you will, delightful food. He's so excited to get there. And a car drives by him with an angry, angry sheriff yelling out. He's used to that. But what he's not used to, or he should be used to, is the man he saw in the driver's seat was none other than James Bond himself. Frank was so shocked by this, so surprised, so stunned, that for the ninth time in a row, this man on his has vacation. followed him around. And Frank's on vacation. He's not even working for a criminal empire. He's not even working as a henchman. He's on vacation. He's trying to relax. He's trying to recover from the, the pain of his wife and kids leaving him. After so many failed attempts as a henchman, he's so shocked by seeing Bond zoom, drive right past him, that Frank veers into the same fruit, meat, and vegetable stands, the street food stands that he was intending to patron that very afternoon. Fast pickup. And ladies it's and like a drive-through. It's exactly. <laughs> 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 ladies and gentlemen, that is the sad, sad story of a man on vacation who wanted nothing more than for a couple apples, maybe a kebab, you know, just just he wanted he wanted dinner. And that is the sad story of Frank. The man Poor Frank, the man. Gun. He can't even take a vacation without Bond <laughs> ruining can't. it for him. He can't. You know, he's he's tried to leave the henchman life, and he, every time he thinks he's out, they pull him right back in. But mm. this time he said, no, not before I get my vacation out of the way. And Bond still managed to ruin the man's vacation. Who's really the Who's really the bad guy in these movies, man? I, I know. I mean, I, I think, you know what? Let's redo our villains list. Bond's on the villain list. Frank's the good guy in these films. Fuck it. Let's <laughs> just move it around. Move it around. <laughs> well, hopefully, poor Frank can enjoy the rest of his vacation, and we'll see him hopefully next time. Absolutely. Because um, meanwhile, after all this, Bond loses Scaramanga. Yeah, like, loses the car. They're, they're like cruising down the road, and Pepper's like, what did you do now, boy? And nope, Bond sees him. He's on the other side of the little uh, waterway or whatever you want to call it, the river or whatever it was, onto another road. So he stops and turns around. And I think Pepper even says it's like another two miles plus back before the next bridge. Yep. So Bond stops again, turns around again. And Pepper's so confused, he doesn't know what he's doing. Lines up for a nice, clean... Like evil can evil uh type jump, like spiral yeah. jump. And Pepper's Sees like, an oh, incomplete no. bridge 
to the other side. Which is a horrible, incomplete bridge, because both sides of that bridge were twisted in, like, wrong directions. It's like, <laughs> what were they thinking of when they made this bridge? Like, they should have gotten some notes from the um, the Sisters Bridge in the other movie. <laughs> they, they probably would have done a little better. I do love this moment, though. Right before the bridge jump, J.W. realizes what's about to happen and goes, what are you, th- you know, are you sure about this, boy? And Bomb goes, I sure am, boy, and guns it. <laughs> <laughs> the and only words Bond like... says to J.W. this entire car ride, and other than when they first get in the car together, is, I'm sure am, boy. <laughs> yeah, because they make a couple quick uh, back and forth during the chase, but it's very brief, because Bond's yeah. just like, uh-huh, sure, okay. Yeah, whatever. Who's that on the radio? Uh, headquarters. <laughs> like, it's very basic. But I like how they land, and JW's like, man, that's the first time I've ever done that. And Bond's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty sweet jump, man. It's like a corkscrew jump. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really why I was cool. like, who builds a bridge like that? I mean, yeah. just to get walk across. <laughs> it's a really cool stunt. That, that was a practical stunt. It's something that they did actually do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, um, it was definitely a neat uh, jump scene. It just it was kind of, like, pointless as far as real life. You know, it's like, yeah. who really makes a bridge like that to walk across? Yeah. And, I mean, they're not I doing think it was just meant time. to be, like, an incomplete, like, a broken bridge. Like, something that's been yeah. decayed for a while and just happened to to break in that way. Create that, yeah. Yeah. It was still a um, neat scene, though. I do like yeah. it. Meanwhile, Scaramanga proceeds to pull into a garage. And we see his his things are being attached to his car. He's activating buttons in his car. We can't really see what's going on, but the car is preparing to become something. Um, Bond and J.W. Pepper show up at the garage, and they're kind of sneaking around the outside. Meanwhile, the police arrive. J.W.'s like, listen, I got this. I know cops. Walks up (laughs) to the police, immediately gets arrested. (laughs) Instantly becomes arrested. Um, Scaramanga inside the garage is ready to reveal what he's been working is working on his car. He has attached wings to his car and it is now a plane. So he proceeds to bust out of the garage, hit the runway and flies his plane, his car plane off into the distance. Meanwhile, Bond and the police and JW are down below looking up like that's, that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. Yeah. Word. Uh, meanwhile, Miss Goodnight finally breaks free of the trunk. She pops open the trunk and discovers she is in midair. So she proceeds to <laughs> yeah. just gently pull the trunk back close. Because what are you going to do? How she didn't know that to begin with it puzzles me. Now, granted, I know she's supposed to be that, like, hey, she's a secret agent, but the clumsy secret agent. So, like, tries to do good things and just doesn't do just them as good as she out. thinks she's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like I like how she's just like, oh, I think it's kind of quiet. I think we we stopped. You're in air, and a car that turned into a plane. It's making all kinds of noise, <laughs> and you're like flying through the air. How is it quiet? You're in a trunk of a car. It's not soundproof. <laughs> uh. After this, Bond and the Chinese agent proceed to report back to M. Um, they reveal like, listen. We lost Goodnight. We're not sure where she's at. Um, listen, she had the Solex device in her purse. Um, listen, this is a whole lot of our bad, you know. Uh, sorry. Uh, like the best part of this scene is M's the one doing all the talking, too. It's like, so let me get this right. You did this. Yep. Yep. And you did this. Yep. Uh-huh. And this. <laughs> yep. Okay. 
well, we could try this. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, they do. Fa- they do manage to track down um, Goodnight's uh, radio signal mm-hmm. uh, to some islands off the coast of China. Um, Which, and- I was gonna say, I also like the fact that Q keeps making his little comments during the scene because Q's in the scene too. Yeah, and M just keeps telling Q to shut up the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Like, oh, we can't trick. Uh, we can't, you know, find her signal. Well, that's because they're not doing it right. Shut up, yeah. Q. <laughs> I love that Q's. I love that Q's in. Like, remember the last movie, Q wasn't in it, and fans like revolted, so they brought Q back. And I love that they like over brought Q back. Like every scene that M's in, Q's also in. Yes, yeah. I love that. And I like it because they kind of show Q as like, yes, he's the gadget guy, but at the same time, he's so much more. Like he also he almost, he carries weight. He's a big deal. Yeah. 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 You can tell that throughout like his interactions with M. It's not like um, he's on the bottom of the totem pole. It's like he's almost up there with M, but in his own little world. Like, yes, M is his boss. But at the same time, M actually listens to Q to a point and takes his input. Yeah. With yeah, absolutely. So um, Bond offers to fly in under the radar to to rescue Goodnight and retrieve the Solex device. Um, M doesn't really approve of this plan, but Bond agrees to do it and give to basically to give M plausible deniability. Listen, yep, I'm gonna do this. You can just pretend you don't know about it. Yeah, officially you don't know a thing. Yeah, officially you don't know anything. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. Um, so he proceeds to go it alone. Um, while he's flying in, he's noticed by the Chinese military, and, and they, they proceed to call and war, warn Scaramanga that there's a plane flying into his island. And I love this conversation back and forth where you only hear Scaramanga's side, and he's like, yep, sorry, it was a, you know, it was a guest I was expecting. And then the last thing he, thing he says is, no, he won't be leaving. Mm-hmm. I love that, where he's like, yeah, no, he won't be leaving. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So we know Scaramanga's intending to kill Bond. Um. The plane lands and Scaramanga is is completely expecting him because as the plane lands on the beach, he's greeted by Knickknack. Scaramanga Scaramanga also shows up after shooting the bottle of champagne that Knickknack is offering to to Bond, and Knickknack's just kind of staring there, all covered in wet champagne, <laughs> and just looks kind of yeah. like, "Dude, fuck you, man!" Like <laughs> that was a bit unnecessary. Like, listen, uh, this is a new tux. You know we get these things custom made. I mean, I know it's not like we don't have the money, but this was my favorite tux. You know? Yeah. I, I, I thought that was kind of funny because he was just like, really? <laughs> really? You had to do that. And, and Scalamonga even comes like out from behind the rock. like, hey, I'm just playing. You know, I'm having yeah. some fun. This thing's harmless. Here you go. And you, you kind of see a different side of Scalamonga in this, the next couple scenes, which yeah. I enjoyed. Yeah, it's a, it's a um, fun, more casual Scaramanga, where where Scaramanga is treating Bond as as an equal. Yes, you know, he's showing him things that he he knows Bond or thinks Bond will appreciate from one mm-hmm. professional to another. And you know? it, it kind of starts giving this uh, not really a rivalry, but it, it almost has this like <sighs> the beginning of a, a friendship feel it's, to it. It's which a rivalry, I, I thought was kind of Scaramanga cool. sees them as like kindred spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of neat. It's like you can kind of like see the because the scales tipping. Because yeah, Bond, back and like forth. this whole time, Bond's not having it. Bond's still very much being. Listen, you're the bad guy. 
I'm the good guy. We know what we're here to do. Scaramanga is the one that is is the one that's treating this like a, you know, we're kindred spirits, man. We're two sides of the same coin, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really I really enjoyed that. Um, so Scaramanga, Scaramanga proceeds to show Bond around the island, shows him his solar ener- energy generation room, which is what he needed the uh, the Solex for. Um, Scaramanga's plan is to control the mo- market on solar power. You know, so basically people pay him for solar power. Um, Bond spots the Solex in the device. Scaramanga reveals that he can focus the sun's energy wherever they want. Um, and he demonstrates this by taking out Bond's plane with that focused sunlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scaramanga proceeds to reference the name of the movie in this scene, saying after he blows up Bond's plane with, with his sun laser, proceeds to say, I guess I really am the man with the golden gun. Yes. <laughs> in a reference to his, his 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 sun gun, not his actual golden gun. Mm-hmm. Um Knickknack proceeds to serve dinner. Miss Goodnight joins them um, for this glorious dinner. Scaramanga re- reveals that he sees him and Bond as equals. You know, like I said, they're two sides of the same coin. Uh, Bond proceeds to deny this fact, saying, you know, he he only kills on orders from his government and he only kills killers. Um, Scaramanga, you know, he doesn't kill for money. He kills for kill. He, he kills bad people basically he's justifying his his means scaramanga proceeds to be slightly insulted by this but not too much he pulls out his golden gun um kind of threatening a little bit and proceeds to offer bond a one-on-one challenge yes the golden gun versus the ppk duel the golden gun which i thought was kind of clever the golden gun has one shot but scaramanga never misses you know he never misses it's one shot one kill Mm-hmm. Um, versus the PPK who ha- that has what nine rounds in it, but something like that. Uh, the way it was said in the movies was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, six. Yeah, so six to one odds basically for Bond. Yes, because there's uh, there's a couple times they reference how many bullets Bond has left. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, then we cut to the beach where they're in dueling form, facing back to back, holding up the guns. Knickknack proceeds to explain the rules of the door, duel, and starts counting paces. At 20 paces, they turn and a single gunshot is heard. Neither man is dead, however. Um, Knickknack, while Bond sneaking around on the beach, Knickknack comes up and proceeds to offer Bond help because if Scaramanga is killed, everything goes to him. Mm-hmm. And when Bond turned around, Scaramanga wasn't there. Wasn't there. Um, I personally honestly realized this was absolute bullshit because this is the same thing that Nick Knack did yeah. with the guy in the beginning. So, Yep, I caught on to that too. Yeah. At first I was like, okay, this is uh, just a repeat. Yeah, this is Nick Knack just leading Bond into the funhouse area that they that they had set up. Um, so Nick Knack takes, you know, takes Bond to this area and proceeds to take his role as the funhouse puppet master, guiding Bond through the maze of tricks and tracks, tricks and traps, just like the intro, uh, while monkey monkey barring across some pipes, Bond proceeds to drop his gun, which causes a sound that attracts Scaramanga. Mm-hmm. Now, what I liked in, in this scene, um, this is where I was mentioning the the count on the bullets. As Bond's going through the maze, and I, I can't remember which parts pop up, um, but well, like, I think maybe there's a cowboy one popped up. 
you know, Bond shoots a couple times, just like the other guy, the suit guy did at the beginning of the movie. And so this is where they start doing the countdowns. Like, well, you only have three bullets left, Bond. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what his count was down to when he, Bond hits a glass, a glass wall, and he realizes it and kind of looks around and starts climbing down. And that's when he realizes he is now under the obstacle course or like yeah. the, the course that he's been walking on. Yeah. So as he's climbing down those bars, he drops his gun. Yes. So now he's down to zero bullets. Yes. So Scaramanga he hears that and kind of follows sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Because um Knickknack is on all the cameras and can't yes. find him. Bond's can't not on Bond any anywhere. of the camera screens. We see while Scaramanga is sneaking around, we see we see in the foreground the 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 statue posed of James Bond that we saw in the beginning of the movie. That's, that's also part of this maze. Mm -hmm. So, um, real, real quick, once before that, there is when Scaramanga's walking around trying to find Bond, there was a neat scene that I thought was pretty neat with, uh, we talked about the mirrors in the beginning Yes, where, uh, Scaramanga's kind of walking up and you see the mirror spinning, which creates like a weird effect because it shows the gangster scenes reflecting in the background you see the camera up on the wall that knickknack is trying to use to spot bond and these mirrors are just kind of going spinning and it's creating three different scenes at once yeah and you can tell it's a fun house like you said and it's kind of just kind of walk through but i thought it was really neat how they did that oh um, yeah that oh, yeah. scene just with the way that you see the gangsters the mirrors turn you see the camera then they turn to something else and then you start seeing that kind of behind the scene feel of how they actually set this all up. It was really neat to kind yeah. of reveal that while they're walking through it. Yep. And as, as Scaramanga proceeds to walk into the open area where the Bond uh, statue is, a gunshot is fired. The statue was Bond. Bond took his own statue's place. Which I kind of expected. But oh, yeah. I knew as soon as it cut to that scene and you see Scaramanga kind of walking by and the camera's like over the like the left shoulder of the Bond statue, you yeah. can count the fingers. I'm like, hey, those fingers weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, those, that's how I knew. Like, I looked at the fingers. I'm like, nope, nope. Bond yeah. took over the statue because he's got his fingers. Yeah. Um, so Bond took the place of the statue and kills Scaramanga. Um, Miss Goodnight... We cut to Miss Goodnight, who proceeds to knock out. We forgot to mention there's another guy there that operates like the the, the mechanic guy, the the machinery, and he's kind of a guard, but he basically operates the machinery for the for the solar thing. Um, Miss Goodnight proceeds to knock him out and throws him into the 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 vat of supercooled liquid, which is part of the solar machinery, mm -hmm. um, which, which basically creates a meltdown sequence. Um, yeah. Which is kind of mentioned in the um, Scaramanga and when he's walking through, chit chat yeah. when they're walking through in the tour and talking about how they have a mechanic there that kind of watches over everything. The mechanic you only see a few times because when the duel starts, you know they give you know, pretty much have him watch Good Night, and until you get to this scene, it's really all you see of him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not a he's not a big part, um, but he's anyway he's thrown into the vat, which starts the meltdown sequence um, of the solar room. And as they referenced when they were doing the tour, this, you know, if this, these vats go over a certain degree that, you know, it'll blow up the whole island and the guy's body temperature puts them above that degree. Um, so Bond proceeds to escape. He comes across Miss Goodnight and they run into the, the, the solar area to retrieve the Solex. Uh, Bond yeah, which down. I laughed, by the way, because, you know, when he first meets her, 
he's he says something like okay we gotta go take out the mechanic and she's like oh i already knocked him out cold yeah. and he's like oh you did by chance where did you knock him out yeah. cold and she's like in that we're like great, great. his body temperature great. we have we're about gonna blow five up. minutes yeah. yeah we have five minutes until we blow up way to Heard. go um, so they go back into the solar room. Bond attempts to retrieve the Solex. Solex while watching, watching Bond work, Miss Goodnight's glorious Fanny um, proceeds to bump into the master override button, activating the solar beam as Bond is working. Um, she's panicking. Bond's trying to talk her through shutting it off. She's hitting every button. Hit every button yeah. she can. She's hitting All every but button, the button on the panel, needs. and she hits one, and the and the and the laser cuts off. Thinking that she hit the right button, but in reality, cloud cover had covered up the sun, which temporarily stopped the beam. Um, so Bond continues to remove the Solex and gets it out right before the beam, beam comes back on. Um, Bond and Miss Goodnight proceed to run. They escape while the island is exploding via Scaramanga's wonderful classic Chinese sailboat. Um, mm-hmm. The island, island explodes. They sail away as all Bond films end, as they finally make sexy time. As I said, Miss Goodnight's, been, Miss Goodnight's been waiting for some, for some Bond action this whole movie, and she finally gets it. Right after sexy time occurs, or before, not sure, during, either way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they, they kind of hint on sexy time, but they never actually fully go into yeah. sexy time. So it's kind of like, it could have been before, it could have been after, you know, it could be in between <laughs> round one and two. We really don't know. Uh, yeah. A, 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 a knick-knack surprise emerges from the ceiling. Knick-knack's not dead. He was been hiding out in the ceiling the whole time. He attempts to assassinate Bond with a knife by, you know, falling down towards him. A fight sequence ensues between Bond which, and Knickknack, which I enjoy. I love this. I know. I love this scene. Yeah. I, my notes were literally uh, Knickknack misses Bond when he comes through the ceiling and crashes. And then Bond proceeds to chase Knickknack around the room like a cat hiding under everything. Because he literally like crawls underneath something. Yeah. And then Bond's in here like, trying to like take wood from a chair and like kick it underneath. And I'm, I'm literally in my head thinking that's like when you have a cat underneath a bed or, yeah, yeah. or under a couch or something. You're trying to get the animal out. Usually it's a cat because... I mean, it could be a dog too, but usually cats are the ones that like to get underneath the furniture. Yeah. And that's the only thing that kept going through my head while Bond's in here trying to fight underneath, and then he comes out of another room and then hides underneath something else. Yeah. And then Bond's like underneath that one and trying to get one it's a, out it's of a game of, of it's that. a game of uh, a game of cat and mouse. And yeah. it is it is ended while Knickknack stands on the bar and proceeds to throw bottles at Bond, and Bond grabs a luggage suitcase. <laughs> and just kind of using it as a shield, walks up to Knickknack and then opens it last minute and basically traps Knickknack in the suitcase. <laughs> Meanwhile, Knickknack is just cussing Bond like a sailor and from inside that suitcase. I kill you. I'm going to kill you. You know, just 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 throwing out all all manner of insults on Mister Bond. Bond proceeds to take him up to the top top deck, and we don't see what's done with him. Bond just comes back downstairs and says he's been taken care of pretty much, you know. Mm-hmm. What'd you do with him? I took care of him. And she, Miss Goodnight was like, you did, thinking he threw him overboard or something. Um, while, Which... they're, while they're about to attempt extra sexy time, a phone appears by the bed and M is on the other line because M has the phone number to every phone on earth. Because <laughs> yeah. he absolutely he just... knew Bond was on that boat. And he just happens to know, um, what's his name's personal boat phone number. That's right. That's right. 
But there's a cute little back and forth where M's asking, you know, where's Miss Goodnight? You know, is she okay? Yeah, she's here. Hold on. And then they go back to a little bit of kissy, kissy, sexy time. Mm-hmm. Comes back. Bond's talking. Um, Bond gets back on the phone with him. And then, I don't re- I don't remember. They go back and forth for a minute. and then He finally- says something like, oh, oh, she's coming. Hold on one moment. Yeah. And then yeah. puts it back down. And then you hear M go, good night, good night. And then you hear Bond go, good night, sir. And like hangs up the phone. And hangs up the phone. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Exactly. Um, they make sexy time. Um, and then we cut to the mass where Nick Knack is in prison in a cage. Yes. And the credits begin to roll. Mm-hmm. Followed with. And the, then. Go ahead. The credits. I was to say this is where the credits kick over and then the outro song kicks in, which I can't remember the lyrics, but the way um, it kicks in was really good. I actually think it was right from the good night when uh, Bond does the good night and hangs up the phone on M. It's somewhere right in there, and I can't remember the lyrics, but they, they kick off the lyrics to the outro song, and it just flows perfectly from yeah. that scene into the song. Yeah, I don't uh, remember but, the lyrics either, but it's it's basically like the lyrics for The Man with the Golden Gun apply to both Bond and Scaramanga. I mean, they're both... Yeah. It's about this, you know, this elite, per, this elite spy, mm-hmm. agent, assassin, whatever, you know. He's better than the rest, so on and so forth, and, and it kind of... The ending credits rolls into that being applied to to Bond yep. versus the beginning yep. applying to Scaramanga. Um, but I I, I I could be wrong, but because I'd have to go back and re-listen because I didn't jot it down. But I thought the lyrics started, or at least a part of the song where they started, was uh, pretty much the singers saying "Good night" because it was like Bond said "Good night" to M and hung up, and then I think that's yeah. when the lyrics kicked in and was like "Good night," whatever it was, yeah, and then they kept going. Yeah. And that's what I thought was really cool. Like that was a clever transition oh, on yeah. the audio side going into the credits. Oh yeah. Um, and then we roll car- roll credits, and like yep, and every it. Bond movie end. before, we have the classic James Bond will return in "The Spy Who Loved Me." Spy who loved me. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, and then that's it. That is the man with the golden gun. That's uh, the movie in a. Uh, I want to say a nutshell, but then I keep flashing back to the peanuts from the match. So, <laughs> I'm gonna go with nutshell anyway. Uh, but that's it. So now we get to the best. The best part. We have trivia, right? Is it trivia time? It's trivia, trivia, trivia time. Da da da. <laughs> I know you're laughing because I did the little jingle over here. You Not did. See you that. joined me for the first time in my I little did. shimmy. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us for tri- trivia time, ladies and gentlemen. Trivia fact number one. And this was honestly the most shocking one out of all of them. This is probably the most interesting trivia fact I've, I've read in all of them so far. This was one of the lowest grossing Bond movies of all time. Really? Yeah. In fact, uh, that fact combined with behind-the-scene problems between the producers, because remember I mentioned in past movies the producers started fighting with each other a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nearly made this the final Bond movie. They almost weren't going to make any more wow. after this movie because of so many so many problems with the producers, the production team, and the fact that this movie made money than the made less money than the the, the last couple. Um, to the point that it delayed production of the the next movie by more than a year, The Spy Who Loved Me. So this almost was the last Bond movie. Imagine a world 
where Bond ended in 1974, and we wouldn't have 20, 24 Bonds, almost 25 Bonds. Well, it definitely would have made this uh, show a lot shorter. It would have made this show a lot <laughs> shorter, yes. Um, but I don't think it would have been iconic as iconic. I think it no, would have just been remembered no, because, as like an awesome 60s, 70s spy franchise. Yeah, but the because fact remember, that Bond crosses generations, I think, is one thing that makes it so cool. Well, and that's true because, you know, us growing up with the Brosman movies um, and then those who haven't seen all the Bond movies like myself, you know, had Bond stopped, I probably wouldn't be into Bond as much today. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of other movies that have taken influences from the Bond movies yeah. also wouldn't have um, gotten to where they are today. Yeah, so 100% agree. That would have been that would have been very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it almost was the last Bond movie. Um, fact number two, the island used as the filming location for Scaramanga's Beach House, which was the, uh, I'm going to butcher this, the Fungai Bay in Thailand is now known as James Bond Island. Um, <laughs> it was, while they were filming, it was a deserted location. Now it is a major tourist attraction for Thailand. That's awesome. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, according to Sir Roger Moore, uh, director Guy Hamilton wanted to toughen Bond up more in this movie um, in order to be closer to Ian Fleming's original intent for the character. One of the ways, was we mentioned this earlier, was by having Bond twist the arm of Andrea Anders behind her back and threaten to break it unless she told him what he wanted to know. Um, Moore didn't really enjoy filming that scene. He felt it was a little aggressive. Um, feeling that Bond would have, would have instead attempted to charm the information out of her. Another mm. scene that Ma, Moore really didn't like was pushing the boy into the water during the boat chase. Moore <laughs> said he felt really bad about having to do that. Um, uh, so Roger Moore's got a soft heart. God love him. Um, which is, uh, you know, it's funny considering that this is the darker Bond that we saw in this movie. Yeah. You know, like, he, it was like you start seeing the darker sides of Bond, but it's kind of like the opposite. Yeah, of, the actor's uh, like, I really didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, while traveling to Los Angeles for The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, um, to promote this movie, Sir Christopher Lee had his golden gun confiscated by U.S. Customs. He brought it into the country <laughs> to bring on the show, and it was confiscated. <laughs> That's great. Um, Sir Roger Moore and Louise Maxwell, a.k.a. Miss Moneypenny, are former classmates. They went to school together. That's kind of cool. Yeah, she's been Moneypenny in every single movie so far, and she got to act alongside her former classmate with Roger Moore. Uh, though James Bond and Francisco Scaramanga are enemies in this movie, Sir Roger Moore and Sir Christopher Lee were very close friends, dating back to the early days of their respective acting careers. That explains a good chemistry between the two of them. Absolutely. In the yep. Yep. Uh, Sir Kim, Sir Christopher Lee names Francisco Scaramanga among one of his favorite all-time roles. As many characters as this man has played, Count Dooku, Saruman. I mean, all these characters this man's played. This is one of his favorite roles he's ever ever played. Um, <clears throat> I think I've said this fact before, but the title role was originally offered to Jack Palance before it eventually went to Sir Christopher Lee, the cousin of Ian Fleming. Um, Fleming had originally offered Christopher Lee the role of Dr. No in the original Bond movie. So Christopher Lee... That would have been different, too. Christopher Lee could have been the original original Bond bad guy. 
Um, but he turned it down for some reason. I can't remember why. Uh, the last scene filmed of the entire production was Bond attempting to steal the golden, golden bullet belly ring from the belly dancer's navel. That was the last scene filmed. That's kind of funny. I know, right? Um, this is this was interesting because I thought the effect was done very well. Uh, according to production di- designer Peter Merton, the sequence where Scaramanga's car transforms into a light airplane was accomplished in the editing room. Wings were attached to the car, and a stuntman drove the car to the runway. From that point, the editor simply cut to a radio-controlled model that was built by John Sears that took off and flew. Huh. Yeah, it was a really good effect when you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, because I, I didn't, I didn't catch any of that. Yeah, so, I mean was, that that's actually really cool. Yeah, it was, a, it was an RC plane. Um, this is the last, as I mentioned, this is the last James Bond movie to be directed by Guy Hamilton. Um, this is also the last environmentally themed Bond movie um, until Quantum of Solace in two thousand eight. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, this movie also marks the first time Sir Roger Moore ever fires his Walther PPK in his Bond franchise. I didn't think about that, but he didn't fire a gun in the last movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, now that I can remember. No, he never fired a gun because he took out yeah. the bad guy with sharks. Or no, no, he did fire a gun, but it wasn't the PPK. It was that, that big revolver thing. Yeah. When, yeah. So this is the first time he uses the PPK in the franchise. Um, originally, this movie was supposed to follow on Her Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby. George Lazenby was supposed to do this movie. Um, and then when Lazenby backed out, they redid the order and brought Sean Connery back for Diamonds Are Forever. Mm-hmm. And then switched over to Roger Moore and put this one in later on. So it kind of changed the, changed the sequence of things a little bit. Um, when Bond first meets Goodnight on screen, the premise is that they already know each other. This is the only time in the entire James Bond franchise where he has a backstory with any main Bond girl. Every other Bond girl he meets on, you know, he meets on screen for the first time other than Miss Goodnight. Yeah, I was going to say, that's how I remember all the other Bonds, uh, well, girls or other agents. And all. It never seems like he really has a history other than with, uh, what is it, CIA girly glasses. Felix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Felix isn't a Bond girl. I mean, no, no, but like he's a Bond as... girl in my heart because of those girly <laughs> glasses are beautiful. But, <laughs> but I mean, we can probably hit back on this. But as far as like agents in general, like when throughout the Bond movies, when Bond's meeting other agents or whatever, Felix is the only one that's consistent between all the other movies. Might be different actors and all that, but like it always seems like Felix is the only one that uh, he really you know has a history with. Yeah, yeah. I'm Whether excited. Bond to, girl or agent. Yeah, I'm excited to see Felix come back in some of the later ones. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, last fact is this is the first Bond movie in the franchise since Doctor No, where Bond does not rely on a single Q gadget to survive, minus the nipple. But that wasn't like a survival thing. Um, rather, he relies on his wits. Uh, during a fight with the with the um, the the security in the belly dancing bar. Yeah. Um, Sir Roger Moore is visibly accidentally punched in the mouth, hence the blood running down his lip when he when he left. So he was really bleeding. He was accidentally hit during that scene. That's actually it's 
I don't want to say it's cool and neat because it's, it sucks that he got hit, but it's neat how he was able to play that in the scene. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, we need to stop and you know, do makeup and all this stuff. He just kept like, going oh. with it. Kept going, yeah. yeah. And that so was the I, scene I that that's they used. That's kind of cool. So. Yeah. And that's trivia time. That is trivia times, which means we now get to the fun part. Yes. Trying to fit this in our <clears> rankings. <throat> Boy, howdy, where are we putting this? So we are going to, what, start with overall movie rankings? Yeah, let's do the overall movie, and then we'll go into the uh, the villains. And the villains? Okay, yeah, because yeah, we, uh, we've had a little bit of time to think about this, and it'll be interesting, because I know we I talked know. briefly about the before the recording. This will, be a, um, this will be a tough one. At least for me, it'll be a tough one. It, it's going to be a tough one for both of us, I'm sure. <laughs> so let, let's get into the rankings. Uh, do you want to do a quick run-through? Yes. The current rankings are as follows. Number one, From Russia With Love. Number two, You Only Live Twice. Number three, Thunderball. Number four, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number five, Goldfinger. Number six, Dr. No. Number seven, Live and Let Die. Number eight, Diamonds are forever. Mm-hmm. So where do we rank the man with the golden gun? So, well, good movie. Uh, it was enjoyable seeing a different side of Bond in this movie. Uh, we didn't really have the gadgets, but we had more cues. It was kind of, kind of even out in a way. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of the JW um overplayed character in this movie just like in the last movie i think if they would have done one of two things it would have made it worthwhile having a minute either one left the boat scene cut out the car chase scene or cut out him in the car chase scene yeah or keep him in the car chase scene but cut down the interactions about half Mm -hmm. i would have said it would have been okay and cut out the boat scene with as far as jw's character goes yeah Uh, either one could have improved it some um overall i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed the story um i didn't quite get the full you know evil villain plot in this movie because it ended up becoming more of a rivalry rivalry competition between the two and even though scaramonger was the villain which i know we'll get into with the villain ranking he didn't actually have that full I'm a villain trying to take over the world plot. So the, the story, although it was a really, really good story, didn't have that hard-hitting, you know, we've got to stop the bad guy before everything, you know, before the world falls apart. Mm-hmm. So it was still a really good movie, but I have trouble putting it anywhere on the top of the list. So I'm kind of somewhere, if I'd have to, uh, I think we talked about where it's a middle, low middle, something like that. Yeah, it, it definitely falls in the middle for me. Um I agree with you. Like I love, I love Christopher Lee. I love the dynamic before between him and Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. I love Nick Knack. Um, I love so many things about this movie. Um, there are unnecessary parts. You know, the the karate scenes were were entirely unnecessary. yeah. I didn't even think about those. Um, mm-hmm. The car chase, while it didn't, they did learn from the last movie. It didn't go on nearly as long. Um, it did go on a little long, and they did have you know the unnecessary JW part. Even though I like the original JW part as as a cameo, I enjoyed that. Um, yep. I still think this movie, like the rivalry aspect of it, honestly makes it better. You know, it does. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I like the dynamic duo between the two of them, um, which is why this movie is higher ranking to me personally. Yeah. 
Um, but it, it is kind of hard if we're doing the overall movie ranking like we've been doing with all these movies to kind of put it at the top of the list. Because although well, it was a good movie and I enjoy yeah. it. Well, we'll go through it, them one by one. It's it's definitely better than Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. It's definitely better than the last movie, Live and Let Die. Yes. Is it better than Dr. No? And it's not better than Goldfinger. No, we, we did agree earlier when we first... Yeah. Uh, right before recording, we we said it wasn't better than Goldfinger. Yeah. So the question Doctor is: no, Is it better than Doctor No? That's the question. That's a hard hard decision <laughs> because I I mean, there's parts about it that I enjoy better than Doctor No, and there's parts of it where I think Doctor No was a little better. Um, Doctor No was more, of course, it was the original Bond movie, but it was more um, heavy on the spy tactics in that movie yeah. uh, versus. This movie, although he has his spy tactics, it it hits strongly on the rivalry between him and um, Scaramanga. Yeah, uh, which I think is the main focus of this movie. Yeah. So, I'm I'm torn. I was originally leaning I, I towards too. I was originally leaning towards this being a little bit better than Doctor No, but I think but when you come when actually I, put it I, in the bond ranking really think think on it doctor knows doctor knows still better. a better movie yeah. yeah as far as the bond ranking where we look at the story the dynamic duo between bond and the villain um the not only just the character dynamic but the, the way the story is written the interactions the overall plot like the theme of the villainous deed that is uh is trying to be portrayed i guess so to speak I still think Dr. No kind of has the upper hand on it. So I think I, 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 I think we're in agreement. So I think the list is as follows. Correct me if I'm wrong. Number one, From Russia With Love. Mm-hmm. Number two, You Only Live Twice. Number three, Thunderball. Number four, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number five, Goldfinger. Number six, Dr. No. Number seven, The Man with the Golden Gun. Number eight, live and let die. Number nine, diamonds are forever. I I, I yeah. have to agree. It, it's, as much it's a as tough I, one, God, as much as I love Scaramanga and Knickknack, I could I can't put it above Doctor No. I can't put yeah. it above Doctor No. And then that's like I said, it's because of the whole movie over ranking or like ranking together. I mean, because this will be the fun part. Now that we have that ranking, we get into the villain list. And this was one that we were having trouble with earlier because our personal, which is kind of funny because both of our personal decisions on this um, villain list is higher than what we agree on as far as the movie ranking list, which is kind of funny. Uh, So current standings, villain list, number one, Goldfinger and Oddjob. Number two is number two. I love that every time. Number three is the Spectre General and Red. Number four would be the number one, a.k.a. Blowfield, head of Spectre, from You Only Live Twice. Uh, Number five was Kanaga, Claw, and the Baron. Number six is Dr. No. Number seven is Blowfield with Wit and Kid from Diamonds Are Forever. And then number eight is the Blowfield from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. With that being said, where do we put... These two, because you know, you gotta have knickknack in there, you can't just have uh Caramanga or Scaramanga, you have this to have knickknack. This is a it, tough thing, part man, of the villain because, list. like, I'm right in the middle, too. 
like and on I, this list, I'm I'm going in the middle on this one. We, I, we talked about honestly. That if this was on my personal, if this was my, if this was my personal list, this would be number two. I would, I would, I would have um, uh, Goldfinger and Oddjob, and then uh, Scaramanga and Knickknack, number one and number two. Mm-hmm. Um, on a, on a personal level, I liked these two together as villains. Yeah. That they would be kind of in my top one or two, or like definitely in my top five. However, in our so villain your, list review, what's your number three? I, so on our list, not my personal, but on our on, ranking on our list, list, yeah, number three is the Spectre General and Red. Number four is uh, Blowfield from You Only Live Twice. And I remember both yeah. of us saying that even though they are a good villain combo, they are hard com- um, competition on this list above Blowfield and Spectre General and Red. Personally, I think that I like them better than General and Red and Blowfield. However, one of the things I mentioned before um, is that to me, although they were the villains of this movie, they didn't feel like the menacing villains that these other villains have portrayed in the previous Bond movies. They seemed more like the rivalry, um, possibly friends competition. Like it was, it was more between Bond. And um, uh, uh, Scaramonger then makes them kind of more like they could be possible allies in a different movie. Like yeah. even though they were kind of going against each other, Scaramonger and Knickknack didn't feel like the world-ending villains. Like Bond has to stop them or else. It was yeah. kind of like you're the mission, you're the bad guy. I'm coming after you. We're having fun. This is cool. With you know, big back and forth and all, but. They didn't feel like the menacing Bond villain that some of these other villains are. I think, uh, I like think Red I'd... being the anti-Bond yeah. and uh, Blowfield running the head of Spectre from uh, "You Only Live Twice," Dude, and even I, number. I'll be two. honest with you; they, they they fall in that category. Like, I think I, I think I mean Scaramanga is a better anti-Bond than than Red is in my in my opinion. I don't know if um, I necessarily call him an anti-Bond. Well, I mean, they're both, I, I think they're he both was, top-tier he was, assassins, man. I mean, that's what yes, I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I will, I'll give him that. But Red he's a better opposite. Felt, he's a better opposite opposite to Bond than Red is. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd put him. See, honestly, thing, it's me, splitting hairs, man. It's 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 going to fall either below Red or above Red. Is where it's going to. So come you down you to. definitely think he's above. Blowfield from You Only Live Twice because I know we well, had I trouble personally, putting I personally them think, above. I personally think he's above number two. I personally <sighs> think he's above number two, but I can't put him at number. I can't put him at number two. See, I just I have problems when we look at the full overall villain ranking. I have problems putting him so high just because he didn't feel like a villain. He he felt yeah. definitely like a a competitor of Bond, but. Had you, you know, had you made him a little bit more villainous? Well, who's or... below? Who's below the? Uh, who's below Blowfield? Kanaga, Claw, and Baron. Definitely I definitely put him up. I, I definitely put him above there. Like I so currently have him at five. With... Let's let's sell, settle him at number five. Let's so that would be five. below Blowfield. Yeah, yeah. Let's put him at number five. I'm okay, okay. with that. Not for my personal list, I'm not. But for the for the again for the, I, for the yeah. show's list, yeah, I'm okay with him being number five. 
Yeah, like personally, I th- I like them as the bad guys. However, I don't feel like they are actual bad guys in this movie. <laughs> Therefore, I had trouble putting them higher on the villain yeah. list because they don't feel like villains. I like them in this movie. I-, I I love their connection, like the way they work together, and like both their characters in this yeah. movie, the interactions, everything is great. They just don't really feel like villains to me, not compared to some of these other villains. So I have trouble putting them on the overall villain list. I'm some of my favorite villains. It's, it's gonna it's gonna get harder. So number five, it is. Oh, I know. Okay, number five. Okay. <laughs> That so what's, being said, what's the uh, list as follows with the new edition? Our new list. Uh, number one, Goldfinger and Oddjob. Number two is still number two. Number three is the Spectre General in red. Number four is Blowfield, head of Spectre from You Only Live Twice. Number five is now uh, Scaramonger and Knickknack. Number six is Kanaga at Claw and Baron. Number seven is Dr. No. Number eight is Blowfield, um, Wit and Kid from Diamonds Are Forever. And then number nine is Blowfield from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Definitely going to get harder from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. That's our, our villains ranking list. We have our Bond movie ranking list. We had our trivia. That is the man with the golden gun. That is the man with the golden gun. That's it. So that's it. I mean, uh, next time we have the spy who loved me which i'm actually excited for i told you this before the show i'm looking forward to it i was reading up some um information on some of the props and stuff in the next movie and i'm excited to get into this because i remember scenes i think but i don't remember this movie at all so i'm really excited especially now like i said that we're in the roger moore block and we're getting more of the roger moore bond so it's a different bond that i'm getting to kind of like overall look at I'm getting excited as we're getting into these movies. And we'll also get to see how many The Spy Who Shagged Me jokes I can make during the next review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that, I'll let you do the outro, Eric. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you liked what you listened to on this episode of Bond in Review, The Man with the Golden Gun forgot the title of the movie, almost said The Spy <laughs> Who Loved Me, but that's next week. So join That's us why I had to write it down because I almost said that earlier yes. too. If you like what you listen to on this episode, don't forget you could follow us on any social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Hoodoo Presents. Best way to get a hold of us, best way to share your current lists and current rankings with us. Let us know what you think of the Bond and Review series and what you want us to review after these 25 weeks are over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some ideas already. Yeah, we've got some ideas and we've got plenty of time to cultivate, cultivate more. So let us know what you want us to review after this. Um, with that said, back to you. All right. Well, once again, thanks for joining us for The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, again, this is Eric and Jordan, and we'll see you next week with The Spy Who Loved Me. And with that, let the credits roll. <laughs>